Hello, I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey. Welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You can find content on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people in our community and across our campus that is making a difference. We are witnessing a new kind of leadership and economic development in cities across the U.S. and abroad. Studies have shown that investments in small businesses, entrepreneurships, especially during the pandemic, has caused many individuals to go out on a limb and start their own businesses. Well, I'm excited today on Arts, Artists, and Advocates to feature a local favorite, Tony Willis, who shares his love for economic development, business, and entrepreneurship with you and I, the listeners. Today's show is fittingly entitled, Got Biz. So please help me welcome Tony Willis to Arts, Artists, and Advocates. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Bailey. This is an honor and a I'm going to say a big privilege for me because I have been a secret fan of your work (laughs) ever since coming to Lansing Community College and uh, learning all of the wonderful things that you're doing. So, yes, this is an honor. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm not such a secret fan of your work. I'm just a broad, (laughs) open fan of your work and everything that you touched. So this is uh, I'm ear to ear smiling on here. So thank you. You're too kind. You're too kind. Well, let's get into it. Uh, In our first segment, I I just call this Who is Tony Willis? So tell us, who is Tony and where are you from? From, and how has that influenced the work that you're currently doing? Absolutely. So Tony Willis is an uh, individual that was born and raised in Oak Park, Michigan here, a suburb of Detroit. Came up here uh, to live with my dad in uh, East Lansing. And yeah. uh, after that, graduated from East Lansing, then went to LCC. Yay! Uh, hey, that's LCC right. alum in the house. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I owed a lot. And then I transferred to uh, MSU, Michigan State University. So I did that transfer program. Wow. Um, and from there, you know, I got a job in business banking. Before that, I, you know, my girlfriend and fiance, now wife, of, of <laughs> 11 years. And wow, so, congratulations. Thank you. So, father of three, uh, got the job in business banking uh, for about five to seven years, then got into economic development and been mm. in economic development for about eight and a half, nine years now. So, wow. that's a little bit of a quick history of who I am and are some of my, you know, uh, journey into this current space in my current role. But uh, beyond that, I'm a person that loves uh, to be curious, mm. loves a good story. Storytelling okay. is important. Uh, comic books are great for me as well. <laughs> and staying active. So that's that's who I am. Well, we are so excited. You know, you could have stopped at LCC alum, right? Uh, right? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. When everybody asks you, who's Tony? I'm an LCC alum. That's all so amazing. <laughs> See, the audience loves that. Yes, love it. There we go. Well, let, let me ask you a couple of more questions about this as we get to know Tony Willis. Um, tell us about your current position at LEAP and how does it positively uh, advocate for our community? Absolutely. So my current role at LEAP is the Chief Equity Development Officer. I've been in that position now for two years. As I mentioned, I've been in LEAP for about eight and a half years. Um, this role is a was the first newly added C-suite role to the organization last year in the mm. space. And we know when we knew 
that we had to be very intentional and proactive when it comes to making sure the benefits of economic development are reaching all populations in the community here. That's awesome. Right? And we know that uh, economic development as an institution is not been sheltered from systematic racism mm -hmm. and knowing that we have to do our best job to dismantle it as a from our side of things as well to make sure we are creating those access points for people of color for other underrepresented groups as well to take advantage and be a part of the system and the collective as a whole and i love it so and go ahead and give the acronym you know i just said leap because i'm you know you guys are like family but tell everyone what is leap yeah absolutely so leap stands for the lansing economic area partnership we are the economic development organization or edo for the tri-county region meeting ingham eaton and clinton county all right. Now, listen, our listeners are learning something today. I'm not telling you to leap out of your seat. I'm telling you what leap is. <laughs> awesome. Uh, tell us also, you know, for our listeners, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, or DEI, as uh, mm -hmm. it is phrased as well, uh, what it means to you and why it's important for the work that you're doing over at Leap. Yeah, it means a lot to me personally. As a black male in this space, you know, uh, my race is a major part of my identity, mm -hmm. right, in that space. I'm not just an economic developer who's black. I'm a black economic developer. Okay. That's in the forefront of my mind of, of everything. So when I think of DEI, for me personally, it's like how can we be inclusive as an organization to allow other folks to participate, like they have ownership, like to be their genuine selves. Mm. And then once they're integrated that way, we can actually do change on a larger scale by utilizing their own traits, yes. their own skills, because when you're not able to be your full self, you can't really fully shine. And we're only hmm. getting a part of you. So DI allows people to really come in as their full selves, and all of that fully benefits the organization at hand. Wow. I, I found probably about three or four T-shirts that I can make off of what you just said. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, but it's, it is, it's definitely true. And I, I know for a fact that LEAP is serious about diversity, equity, inclusion. And you guys have included several different steps to make that happen mm -hmm. um, in your organization. I want to uh, read a quote to you from Reed Hastings. He is uh, the co-founder of Netflix. Hey. Yeah, and of course, a, a huge entrepreneur, uh, philanthropist, and so much more. Uh, he said this, most entrepreneurial ideas will sound foolish and uneconomic, and then they'll turn into be something really great. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, that's, I think he's onto something in that for sure. You know, what I take from that quote is, and it's, there's a lot of truth to that. So before this role, I led all of our entrepreneurial efforts at Leap. Mm. And I've noticed that uh, your idea is your idea. Mm. It resonates with you in a way that other folks might not be able to understand. Uh, they can't copy because their passion doesn't match your passion about that idea. Mm. And so when he says uh, in that quote, that might sound foolish to others. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody has that vision. And, you know, that lightning in that bottle belongs to you. And now everybody can implement or capture that lightning the same way you can. So you have to act on it. I love that. You know, I know we have students and um, faculty and many that are listening today that are, are thinking about what can I do or I have mm -hmm. this business idea. And so I wanted to share that quote and get your get your thoughts about it. And what would you say to some students who are interested or going into business, taking classes in business or trying to start out on their own? Um, what would you say and how that quote applies? Yeah, I would say, you know, you can't take the crowd's opinion to heart and to dismantle something that you really value, that you really see as a vision. You have mm. to go for it, right? And you can't be scared to share your vision with other people. That's good. Right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, I had this great idea, 
and they think it's has to be kept secret. Hmm. And you keep it in the closet, you keep it smothered, you're only shortening or allowing that vision to grow, the hmm. harness. Only by really putting it out there and understanding that you are the one to grow it and you get to share it to the world, that's where you see the growth and traction take place with growing an idea. So Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like to say often that a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Mm. So we have to uh, <laughs> yeah. voice what we what we believe to be true and our ideals are, are very important. And thank you for sharing that. I know some of our listeners are really taking notes on, <laughs> <laughs> on what they could do in, in that regard. So here at Arts, Artists, and Advocates, we have an actual game. Okay. And it's called If, and I'd love for you to play. Hey, I guess we're on it. Let's go. <laughs> it's time for another game. Game of if. We're gonna have a little fun with Tony today. So I'm gonna read a statement that starts with the word if, and you're going to fill in the blank. If diversity was a car, what would it be and why? Oh wow. If diversity was a car, what would it be <laughs> and why? Diversity in my mind would be a I think uh, the most amazing, complex, but sophisticated vehicle ever to exist. You know, <laughs> what that vehicle is right now to be determined, but I think that's what diversity would represent as a vehicle. Now, you know, the top three automakers are listening right now, right? So yeah. they're trying, <laughs> they have to figure out what that what that looks like. And we're in a GM town, too. <laughs> right. So, you know, <laughs> whatever Excellent. that premier vehicle for GM would be, that would be that in diversity. That is so great because, you know, diversity is about difference. It's about mm-hmm. um, everyone having having a uniqueness that is celebrated, not tolerated. And so, excellent job. Okay, I got two more questions for you in the game of if. All right. If inclusion was a dessert, what would it be? All right. If inclusion (laughs) was a dessert. All right, how about this one? Mm -hmm. Uh, Inclusion could be like a banana split sundae. Oh, my goodness. I'm hungry already. All right. Mm -hmm. I think as, as a dessert, if I'm including ingredients into this dessert yes. that these feel like they're welcomed yeah. and cherished and mm. they all have their own space and that space is theirs and they make up the whole I think that's like a banana split sundae it kind of represents that mind and there's so many different types of ingredients according yes. with that so I love it and and after this we're going to get a banana split so join us everyone <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> because inclusion it, it matters about everyone's voice being heard everybody mm-hmm. feeling welcomed and safe to participate yeah I think we need to develop our own inclusion Sunday I think that's there <laughs> let's make it happen that's a nice title for our next podcast Ooh, inclusion, inclusion Sunday yes okay <laughs> summertime ready there you go <laughs> all right last question in our game of if if equity was an article of clothing, what would it be? Wow. Equity mm-hmm. was an article of clothing. This one is, I'll say, this is a very tough one. I think what it would differ for person to person, because mm-hmm. I think where that equity stands, but something that would be close to your heart, no matter what that uh, is. Something over your chest, your pocket square, your necklace or something. Good. Something over your heart or your value possession. That's where equity lies in my mind. I love it. You know, because equity is about what we do daily, mm-hmm. what we're passionate about. Not something, uh, you know, rhetoric, but real action, a policy making changes and so much more. And that has to be from the heart. Yeah. So I want to thank you. You have just won in the game called If right here (laughs) on Arts, Artists, and Advocates. Thank you so very much for playing that. I know you won't ever forget playing that game. (laughs) Never. This is lifelong memory made. Check. (laughs) Awesome. So we are talking today
today, our subject is Got Biz, short mm. for Got Business. And we're discussing economic development, entrepreneurship, and business with the one and only Tony Willis. Uh, so let's t- dive more into those three areas, economic development, entrepreneurship, and business. How has LEAP been leading the way in those areas? Oh, wow. I think... Uh very much so in many efforts here, you know, how much time we have. But so, <laughs> <laughs> brag, 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 brag. That's right. Okay. So on, on economic development, that's who we are at our core. Mm-hmm. Uh, economic development means a lot of things. Uh, but at the baseline, it means prosperity mm-hmm. and opportunity. I love it. All right. So people think economic development is not about just the projects, uh, like we're building a new building here or landing a new project from a foreign investment. Those are the means to the end, the end is opportunity and prosperity, mm-hmm. all right? Because we want our region to be a a region of choice, a destination where people want to be here. We want to make sure people feel included. Mm. We want people to have to live out their best life. And opportunities allow you to do that. You have opportunity to choose jobs. You have opportunity to have uh, competitive wages. You have opportunity to find a skill mm-hmm. set that makes you flourish. So economic development is really about creating a prosperous and a, and a oper- an area where opportunity can flourish in our community. I love it. And, I love it. <laughs> and so, and I'm going to continue down here, Dr. Yes, Bailey. Yes, come on. And so with that, we at Leap, we've done a number of programs uh, in the entrepreneurial line from uh, pitch competitions. We talked yes. about getting your idea out there. We've had the hatching has been going on for the last eight years, wow. if not more, in that space, which is a, right now it's a uh, quarterly pitch competition. We've done a program called One and All, which is focused on uh, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs uh, that are at or below the Alice threshold. So mm. the asset limited income constrained employed threshold and where around 40% of Michiganders are that. Wow. And that number goes up to 60% for black households in Michigan. And beyond that, we've just launched a program of called Elevate, hmm. which focuses on black entrepreneurs. It's a six-month accelerator program, really focusing on uh, increasing revenue, wow. profitability, and prominence for black-owned businesses in the Lansing region. So entrepreneurship, we're leading that way. And then when we talk about business as a whole, we've had a phenomenal last few years when mm. attracting some large projects. The biggest one was the Altima battery plant with GM. Yes. That's uh, I forgot, $15 billion in that space of investment nice. in our community. The exact number could be off, but it's, it's up there though. <laughs> it's, it's up there. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, across the board, Leap is leading these efforts with our key partners like LCC and many others in this region yes. to really make sure that we have a prosperous uh, region for all. I absolutely love all three of those. I mean, you broke everything down, economic, <laughs> and business. Uh, how do all three of those uh, connect to diversity, equity, inclusion? Yeah, you know, it's they, they all have our diversity, equity, inclusion connects is, is a crucial part to all three of those success. Okay. I say it that way. Uh, for us as economic development, we look at it as we want a thriving, diverse uh options for our populations here, right? And so if somebody or some group feels that they can't do that here, Mm -hmm. then we are failing as the region. Mm -hmm. We want you to be able to say, hey, I want to start this business venture here. I am a black male. I am a black Mm -hmm. female. I'm a Hispanic in this space. I want to do this business and I'm and I am able to do this, yeah. right? I'm able to have resources. I feel connected that these resources that are out there, I can tap into at any time, at any space, Nice, right? So that's where I look at, you know, from the entrepreneurship to economic development and the business, and the business angle of that. Mm-hmm. You have to be, or we have to allow anybody to have access, mm-hmm. have ownership, 
and feel included in the process that takes place. Absolutely. Oh, that that is, I mean, and, and it's shown through the work that you're doing across the community and what you've just described. Uh, and so I see the connection, I see the importance, and I am so glad that LEAP is with us <laughs> in this community uh, championing this. So in our last segment, you know, it's something I, I just loosely call getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. Mm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about race and identity in this last segment. And I want to want to ask that you share with our listening audience uh, what your earliest recollection of your racial identity is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, my earliest is probably pretty early, probably in my before I hit, in my teens in okay. my mind. I think you know um I know was, I grew up in Oak Park, was a predominantly black community, mm-hmm. uh, then followed by a, a Jewish and then a Chaldean mm-hmm. and Middle Eastern, that space. Then I came up here for high school and at East Lansing, which is predominantly white. And mm-hmm. so where I feel like in Oak Park, 70% of Oak Park residents were black, mm-hmm. you know, being a part of the majority group. And then I saw a distinct difference. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, you know, people were treating me this way. I just noticed that my, what I valued as seeing black, at who I am, and notice that difference definitely was at that point in time was like, oh, wow. Um, and but yeah, it means, you know, I identify as like my three core traits, one of those being black off the front. Yes. Awesome. Uh, so in our next question in this segment, I want to um, ask this question of you. Describe a stereotype about your culture that you would want to demystify. Oh boy! Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's yeah. see. We're really this going is, into it. That's huh? right. Getting getting comfortable with uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess there's there's two. Okay. Really, I'm gonna say, I think some stereotypes. One stereotype is that I'll say both that black people think about other black people, mm-hmm. as well as well another stereotype that you know. Other groups might think about black people. For the first one, black people do support black people. <laughs> the goal and people with the notion that, you know, we hear this like in the community, like yeah. we don't support each other. That's the farthest from the truth. Right. That is an agenda propaganda type play, I think, in my mind. But we support each other in so many ways. I think that support might not be seen on a larger scale mm-hmm. in that space. But I really want to say that black people support love and care for other black people. Stereotype debunked and demystified. All yeah. right, that's number one. That's you got not, another one. The other, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Two times. There we go. Uh, for for other groups looking at black people uh, in this space, and I think that people attribute the condition of black people for their what they think is a lack of productivity, mm. or in that space, which is furthest from the truth. Mm-hmm. The condition of black people in America mm-hmm. is not the condition of the black person's productivity at the least. It's the conditions of the effectiveness of in, of pretty much atrocities that are going on Correct. to stop somebody living out their full life and having the potential to support themselves, family, in a way that they truly envision. Absolutely. And, you know, these are long-term engagements that have happened since day one in this country that we have yet to really ever, ever try to rectify. We have just stopped harming mm. black people to some degree. Right. But we have never tried to fix or have restorative justice to repair the harm that was ever done. That's good. And so when we think, wow, you know, they just worked harder or this and that. No, no, no. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. People are working twice as hard and getting a half. And that's not fair. And that life should not be for anybody should have to go through that in their lifetime. So I really want to say 
the condition that you think somebody's not working hard for it and that's their sum total of what they are, that's mm-hmm. not the case. One more stereotype debunked and demystified. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony Willis. Well, listen, I want to know, finally, uh, what are some current things that you're working on at LEAP or abroad uh, or future projects that our listeners can support or have advocacy with you about? Yeah, so as I mentioned, we launched uh, our new program called Elevate, yes. which is a black business accelerator program. Uh, we just uh, announced our five, or sorry, our eight uh, finalists that wow. are going through this program. Uh, we have, you know, I was going to go down the list here, but we have, <laughs> <laughs> we have everybody from Tiffany Norday with Rock the Block Studio, Dance the Norday's, uh, Mr. Leslie's Cheesecake, uh, Deanna Brown, Everything Cheesecake, wow. uh, uh, and uh, Eva Thompson with Gym Cleaning Services. So we have uh, eight businesses in this cohort. Mm-hmm. We're focusing six months of time on them and to really grow these three key areas, which are Revenue, profitability, and prominence. Wow. And we know that revenue, cash is king for businesses, is the lifeblood of a business. Mm -hmm. How can we help these businesses grow and increase their customer base uh, and get more sales? Mm. Then profitability. Let's look at a deep dive, open the hood, and see where we can figure out operational efficiencies to save more money. Yes. Right? Because if we can create that, now more money is being saved. that can be spent on the employees. can be spent on the owner. It can be spent on investment in the business. Then lastly, with prominence, is that we want black businesses to be looked at on an equal stature mm. as their non-black counterparts in this space. Mm. And that's something crucial. That's a great uh, program that we just launched. It's in partnership. It's funded by our partners at PNC. Uh, foundation, they nice. uh, a three-year commitment for this program here, as uh, well as Ingham County, uh, the Board of Commissioners that support this program as well. So this is a, a great program that we've just launched uh, recently. And I am impressed. Uh, our listeners cannot see you, but you rattled all of that off without a sheet of paper. Like <laughs> everyone in the cohort is mentioned. Uh, and I am so excited about Elevate. And I'm definitely going to bring you and hopefully uh, some of the members from the cohort back to share their experience. I think our listeners would love to learn about that. Yes. And I want to share with our listeners, too, that this is six months. So we're going to do it again in another six months. So mm-hmm. if you missed it this time, contact Tony Willis. Please. Any final words for our listening audience today? You've been a joy. Oh, uh, you know, Likewise, uh, Dr. Bailey, I think... Uh, Final words here that if you're in the Lansing region, this region is thriving and you're welcome. We want you here. We want your your talents, your aspirations, your goals. We want you to be as incorporated in this community as you want to be in this space. We need you here. Wow. And also say there's a lot of great advocates that are doing work like this. And really, you know, big applause to you, Dr. Bailey, for being (laughs) seriously. uh, You came in. And like a firecracker just brought it right out the sky and, and, <laughs> and started more things in the space. And there, Tony Glasgow as well. And so many other yes. people, you know, there's a lot of people. I'll go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> but there's so many great people doing the work out there in the community. And I'm glad to be amongst you as friends and colleagues in this space. So thank you for having me. Well, we are thankful for you. And I'm telling you, this is going to be probably one of the best, best podcasts we've ever had. And uh, you've been one of the greatest guests that we've we've been able to interview. So thank you for that. Listen, I want to thank all of our listeners today for tuning in to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. And you can find more content on demand 
at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations, performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We are highlighting the work of people just like Tony Willis on our, in our community and on our campus who's making a difference. I've been your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College welcomes transfer students. Transfer students may apply transfer credits towards their LCC degree, certificate, or transfer program. Learn more at lcc.edu slash you belong. The following message is about Medicaid and CHIP, free or low-cost health coverage for kids and teens. Enrollment is open year-round. Hey, voice lady, give me the mic. Um, okay... Hey, DJ, let's switch up the music. That's better. So listen up, moms and dads out there. There are these programs called Medicaid and CHIP. They offer free or low-cost health coverage for kids. Things like doctor and dentist visits, prescriptions, and shots are covered. All the stuff that keeps kids like me healthy and in charge. So, as you can tell, a covered kid is a confident kid. And it means confident parents, too. To learn more about affordable health coverage for your family, visit healthcare.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. That's 1-877-543-7669. Yep, you could do something big for your family today because enrollment is open year-round. This has been a message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And Sophia. Lansing Community College is proud to present We're Better Than That, an anti-bigotry campaign. Embracing diversity is a continuing process, one that requires honesty, cooperation, and meaningful conversations. At Lansing Community College, we understand our journey towards inclusion and equity begins with an examination of how we relate to one another and a pledge to engage in the work necessary for meaningful progress to facilitate conversations and initiatives that will combat racism and hate speech in our college community. The Office of Diversity and Inclusion has partnered with the Office of Police and Public Safety to create We're Better Than That a comprehensive campaign to combat institutional bias and racism. To find out more about We're Better Than That, visit lcc.edu. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hello, and thank you for tuning into Inside LCC Today. I'm Betsy Berger, Dean of the Health and Human Services Division at Lansing Community College. Today I'm excited to share one of the 12 programs in our division, under the direction of licensed and registered faculty, we train emergency, healthcare, fitness, and human services professionals. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, I'm Mary Pasito, and I'm the Community Health Services Education Program Director in the Health and Human Services Division here at LCC. And I'm Mary Lewis, the Medical Assistant Coordinator in the Health and Human Services Division here at LCC. We're here today to tell you about one of the many exciting careers in the medical field. 
This one is a great option for the person who wants to be in healthcare and start working within a year. I'm talking about our medical assistant program. The medical assistant is a healthcare professional who works in outpatient ambulatory care facilities such as urgent care or a physician's office, as well as a surgical center. It's a profession in high demand. This registered professional performs administrative and clinical duties and may assist the physician, nurse practitioner, or physician's assistant in medical procedures or tasks such as suturing, drawing medications, and taking vitals. The LCC Certificate Program starts each fall and runs fall, spring, and summer in a cohort. There is an application process and students must complete a criminal background check and attend a mandatory program orientation. Once students successfully complete the program, they are eligible to take the medical assistant exam through the American Medical Technologists to become registered medical assistants. A detailed cost sheet along with the advising guide with program details and information on tuition fees, supplies, and textbooks can be found at our website, lcc.edu HHS. Graduates who wish to advance their education can go on to finish as an associate degree in applied science, but it is not necessary to be employed in this profession. Medical assistants are in high demand and can make between thirty and thirty-five thousand annually, which comes out to eleven to nineteen dollars per hour. At LCC, we value innovative ways to increase access to education and career opportunities for our students while meeting employer needs for high-demand positions for qualified medical assistants. We've created a 24-week fast-track medical assistant program. This is a unique program as MA Theory is taught 100% online, clinical lab instruction is taught via online real-time instruction, and the development of clinical skills is completed at an affiliated health center. For more information about the medical assistant careers, contact LCC Medical Assistant at lcc.edu. I want to thank you for joining us today and hope you enjoyed today's episode. The field of health and human services provides a wide range of careers that are exciting, fulfilling, and offer many opportunities for professional growth. For more information about our associate degrees and certificates offered in the division, please visit our website at lcc.edu slash HHS or call the division office at 517-483-1410 to schedule a tour or connect with the program director. You can find today's episode of Inside LCC along with other great LCC programs at lccconnect.org. Featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that help to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, Mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship since 2016. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason public school students. 
These selected students are chosen by the Mason Public Schools at the end of the fifth grade and then become a Mason Promise Scholarship through an induction ceremony. Over the course of the next six years, these students receive mentoring and support as well as introduction to career possibilities through the Pathway Program. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. LCC Connect is looking for Lansing Community College students to catch the vibe with the podcast Power Up. LCC students, your voice is important, so take this opportunity to tell us what's important to you with a chance to host a podcast-based radio show on 89.7 FM. The deadline to enter the podcast Power Up is June 3rd. Find details at lcc.edu slash powerup. That's lcc.edu slash powerup. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel over a mile, carrying a world of trouble. It can land, ignite, and destroy your home and community. You can't control where that ember will land, only what happens before it does. With simple things like clearing areas around buildings, knowing community safe zones, and being prepared for wildfires, you could keep this from turning into this. Your home is better protected from wildfire when your whole community is prepared. Visit fireadapted.org for more tips on how to get started adapting your home and community to wildfires. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The University Center at Lansing Community College collaborates with five four-year universities to provide easy transfer pathways for more than 30 bachelor's degrees programs. Visit lcc.edu slash uc to learn more. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. Today on Who's That Star is someone I have admired for a long time. He has been such a great support for students in the LCC community. He's a first-generation immigrant from Mexico, a former migrant worker, and advocate. He has his MSW and worked his way to earning his doctorate in education. He plays such an important role in the Lansing community. He has worked for the state of Michigan as executive director for Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan. He returned to LCC and is now the associate dean for the Center for Student Support. Let's get ready to find out who's that star. Today's star is Felipe Lopez Sus Taita. You Did got I get that yeah, right? You got that right. Gracias. 
I'm glad that we were able to get Felipe today. Felipe, how are you? Lisa, muchas gracias por tenerme aquí. It's a pleasure, Lisa. I mean, I've I've admired, I've seen your work for many, many years now. I think I've known you for 15, 20 years, so I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, it has been a long time. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I have admired you, like I said. I think that you have, you are one of the stars that I immediately, you know, connected with. We have a similar background, and I think that we just have some like-minded in our ideas. So I'm ready for this uh, interview, and I'm ready for the audience to get a chance to know who you are. So today, Felipe, how did you get started at LCC? So, you know, it wasn't a straight line or anything like that. It was never, uh, you know, growing up, it was never like, oh, I'm going to go work at higher ed or where. So I ended up here really blessed to be here. But after I graduated with my MSW, mm -hmm. I couldn't get a job. So I applied for like 100, 200 jobs and I wasn't getting an opportunity and I couldn't understand why. Um, so I got some part-time jobs. I worked at CMH mm -hmm. as a crisis therapist. And then the opportunity came to come work here in 2008 with the Lucero program. And... You know, it was the best job ever. So that's how I ended up here in Lansing Community College. Obviously, I left for five years and then I'm back now. Mm -hmm. And But man, just happy to be here. Yeah, I know that you made such an impact with Lucero. And I thought that you started Lucero, but that's not actually true, is it? No, that's correct, Lisa. Like, it's a community that, you know, held the college accountable because the retention the graduation rates for Latinx students were mm -hmm. not there. So the community is really the, the all-star here because they, they're the ones that advocated, they fought. And so in 2003, Lucero was created. I was blessed enough to come, come in here in 2008 and, and you know carry that baton. Okay. So there was a previous director or coordinator prior to you and then you stayed as the coordinator for how long? So I was the coordinator for eight years. So I and it was an amazing thing that the college did. And I, I, I don't know who to give credit to. Mm -hmm. But what they did was they included the coordinator with academic advising, with, which was like the hook to get students to come. Right. And then really create a case management approach. Yeah, you did do that. And I know that that center was really used a lot, um, was a lot of traffic. I know I would go up there all the time just to see what was going on, get a chance just to, to talk with students because I know they felt at home. And I know you all won an award. Lucero won an award. Could you tell me a little bit about that when you were working there? Absolutely. So... So yeah, it, you know, it was a center. We provided a wraparound services, but also we would we would invite community, right, for community events. Mm -hmm. And so all that came into the this this award that we got in 2000, I believe it was 15 or 16, that um, Washington D.C. Uh, Educación en Excelencia mm -hmm. um, chose us. You know, from all over the country, we were competing with schools with huge budgets, one, one million, two million. Right. And programs like in New York and California, Florida, Texas, New York, all these other states. And yet we were selected as one of the premier um, programs um, 
as as a model to everybody. So it's like again this idea that David versus Goliath, right? Mm-hmm. We we all we had was a few rocks and 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 big hopes and big dreams to help students and we were able to accomplish that and I think our our track record showed that. Yes. So students, you know, going to MIT, getting masters getting all this success, right? So they're really the all-stars. I was just there serving as like the point guard, right? Right. Giving them the resources. And um, and then we had an amazing team too. We had amazing uh, student staff mm-hmm. that went on to do amazing things. And so this is not done by one person. It's done by multiple people. The community played a huge role. They supported. They they did everything. It took a village to help these students and we still have great relationship with these students and I think that's the amazing part. Yeah, I do. You know, Lucero's known in our community and it I believe it helped a lot of students. I know a lot of students went into MSW programs or social work programs from your influence. And so I think that's cool and I think that's gonna help a lot of people. I know you said that you left LCC for five years. What did you go do when you left? So, you know, there was an opportunity for me to go to the state. And there was a, at a time where my my skills, I guess, were, were necessary. I didn't know at the time, but I was, you know, tapped to be the executive director for the Hispanic Latino Commission. And what that entailed was advising the governor mm-hmm. um, on issues related to, to the Latinx community across the state. So part of my duties... We're traveling all over the state, having listening sessions, being there, advocating, sitting at the table and um, really being a voice, you know, because there's this saying that if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. And so part of it was, you know, having to be there. And and I knew that I didn't have the same experience as all my community, but I was there to advocate and to be a voice, right, when we didn't have one. Oh, and I think that was, like, it's needed, you know, and I think that for people to get an opportunity to talk with someone and share what is going on with their lives and what's going on in their community and have someone that they can trust to to bring that back, I think that's a good thing. I said um, you left, but you came back. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you do now that you're back at LCC. So now... You know, before I was serving students directly, mm-hmm. I was having an influence. But I came back as the associate dean for the Center for Student Support. Mm-hmm. We have eight departments there that um, that are geared to help students, you know, to help them, whether getting accommodations, whether it's compliance, student life, fostering stars, veteran services. All these programs are are very critical to the lifeline of our students. So the way I see it is that now I'm in a position to to not not just do the one-on-one thing, but to inspire more people like through working with our staff. And so it's like that 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 mustard seed, right? Mm-hmm. It multiplies in many, many ways when you um and I'm a farmer, right? So I have to use the analogy of planting seeds. Right. When you plant seed by seed, yes, you're gonna you're gonna get a crop. But if you're planning like multiple rows, then the harvest is going to be amazing. So I, I, I see this as an opportunity of a lifetime that we can have a huge impact. And so I've been here for now a year mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of great things from our staff. And it's not just me. It's 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 um, 
this synergy of all of us working together. Yeah, I know I um, thought about, oh, I never want to be in leadership, but I know your analogy is like where you have the opportunity to kind of grow a whole field instead of just like one row. You know what I mean? Like I can plant. It's only one, only so much I can do as one person. But if I can impact a staff or a program or several programs with a good sound, found, sound foundation and a good philosophy, you help more people. And so I was like, man, maybe I need to, you know, relook and rethink about leadership roles and what they mean and what they can do. So I thank you for that. Um, but tell me why you like working at LCC. What is it that keeps you coming to work and so passionate about it? Yeah. So, you know, like I told you earlier, LCC gave me my first opportunity. I'll never forget that. Right. So uh, I graduated from MSU, from Ferris. I'm an alumni, but I choose to 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 donate my time, my money here to this college. Like many other students, I think that there is something here that I can't explain in words, but it's something that is so powerful. The way we could change lives, right? Like somebody that's homeless, somebody that came out of prison. I've seen it because I've worked with these students that they can turn their life around. And so I think that spirit is on, you can't duplicate it. it you can't fake it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love working here and the staff, the people, the students, it's something that it's one of a kind. You know, I was doing a little research and I saw that you had earned your bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And now it seems like, you know, your trajectory went to education. Why did you choose education? Yeah, so I went from criminal justice because I didn't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. right? So my sister, um, she was the one that was majoring in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what, what why I chose that. But um, I've never really had a plan. Mm-hmm. It's just the way, you know, I, I, I let our creator kind of lead me through this. And so that's why I'm here. I I can't really tell you why or how I ended up here, but I just... I just follow, you know, what the what the most high gives me. And and it's rewarding, you know what I mean? And I I, I understand education. Um it's it's a pathway to something different. And to me, criminal justice and and there's no shade on that field or anything, it's just that sometimes after some events have happened, you may in, meet with people that you may have been able to benefit if you were to been able to be in an educational setting to help them. So I think that's cool that you made that choice and decided to come in education and you've benefit a lot of students because I've actually seen it. So I wanted to know, what's your first job? What was your first job? So my first job ever was working in the fields, right? It was, you know, picking oranges, strawberries, everything that was backbreaking mm-hmm. and, um, there's people still doing it, right? And I think what what broke my heart when the pandemic hit is that my people were still out there. They didn't get any time off. They mm-hmm. didn't get any sick leave. They were they were out there so that me, you, our families could have, you know, that salad or that strawberry. And so, even even though, um, you know, I've been removed away from that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that 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 was my first job and I did it until I went to college, right, with my entire family. And so, 
Yeah, I work from sun in, sun out to sun in, um, you know, in 12, 16, 18 hour shifts. I, I did it all. Mm. You know, when I turned 11, that's when, when I started working with grown men, wow. grown women, and um, grew up really, really quick. So how did that experience guide you as the person you are now? Like, what things did you learn from that, like, experience? Because you were doing adult tasks as a child, you know, but you had to, you you know, what, what did that care? How did that build your character? I guess is the question. Yeah. I mean, that shaped me in, in a lot of ways. I think that any student that comes regardless of whatever barriers that they have, because I couldn't read and write Lisa. Mm. I learned how to read and write when I came to Michigan state. So I wasn't a genius or n- nothing like that. So my education suffered, right? I, I just couldn't do it um, because you moved a, a lot as mm-hmm. a migrant worker. So what it did for here in this institution is that I believe that any person can come instead of seeing all the barriers, all the lacks of things that they're missing. I look at Nobel Prize winners, right? That mm-hmm. it, they could be coming through our door right. and we are shutting the door if we don't help them. So that's the way I think it's shaped me in a way of... Uh, just believing in people and it doesn't matter what you look like what your religion is that you have a chance at least if you meet me i don't care how bad you have it that i want to instill in you that it is doable and that right there hope is everything right being able to see that there's a possibility i can do it and with support and i think that's really one of the good things that LC does is LCC does is provide support for students and I know for me as a staff person it helped me like I was in the same boat you were I needed a job and I was desperate I was a single parent and LCC gave me that chance too so I'm really pro community college and I think that we do make a difference I have another question who do you admire most so the the person that I admire the most is no longer here in in, in physical presence. It was my my father. Mm-hmm. Um, he left this earth really young. Um, I was just seventeen, and he was probably sixty two, sixty three years old. He was a young young person, but had taken a beating so long, had worked in the fields, mm. pesticides, everything. So he he suffered a lot. He lost his dad at seventeen. Right. So it's been a chain that I am trying to break with my kids Mm -hmm. that I want to live past, way past uh, my youngest is 17. So that's what I'm chasing. Right. I'm not chasing nothing else but to break that, that, that um, I want to live long. Yeah. And um, so but he he was my hero. And as I grew older, you know, I was initially obviously, you know, very upset of why he left so early and um I questioned, you know, my creator. I said, how, how, how did you take them? But I, you know, I asked him, you, now you have to father me. And so the, the most high has provided the people that have mentored me, that have guided me. And, um, and so I've been very blessed. And as a matter of fact, we know somebody that, um, that me and you know from, from Ferris State, right? So right. we were connected even before we even knew we were connected. Exactly, right? yeah. So, really, that is and, and, true. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if if, if um, he'll ever hear this, but, you know, 
Dr. Matt Cheney from Flint, Michigan, right? He was just uh, such a blessing to me because when I was going through my doctoral program, he was there with me. Mm -hmm. He shared his wisdom, his guidance. And there's a lot of other people. Uh, Rudy Hernandez, who's a professor here at LCC, mm -hmm. um, who was the one that took me out of the fields and, and brought me to Michigan State. And he's the one that, that when they were making decisions, he had a decision to make. Am I going to advocate or am I going to... I seen this kid work so hard in the fields. So let me make a case for him. And he that was the best decision he ever made because I'm still connected. I'm still with him. And again, you know, I've been so, so blessed. Yeah. I mean, that that's an amazing story, right? And it just shows you how finding the right people at the right time can just change the trajectory of your life. And and I think that's so cool. And yeah, it's uh it's so funny because I knew Matt when I was at Ferris. And so we're Facebook friends and he's I found out something about you Felipe that I thought I should have knew before uh somebody else and I found out that you wrote a book. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so I've been writing, uh, writing this book off and on for 10, 15 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason it took so long, Lisa, is because it's so painful to revisit some of those experiences, those traumatic, you know, because as men of color, mm -hmm. it's so hard for us to express. And so I use that writing as healing. It was a healing process for me of, of letting go. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote the book. It's such a huge accomplishment, but I really wrote it for my grandkids because I have nothing from my grandpa. I, I know the oral stories of my father, mm -hmm. but I want to know, I want them to know where they come from, that we come from humility, from people that our ancestors are kings and queens. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the, the reason. Um, but 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 yes, I mean, if you read the book, you'll be able to see where, why I am the way I am, why I speak so clear on behalf of people that don't have a voice. And what's the name of the book? You you can't run from your destiny. Lessons from a migrant worker. Oh, I think that's so cool. I'm so proud of you. I just got this big smile on my face because I know like that's not easy, mm -hmm. and in the trauma. And to, to relive that, but to show, because that's the best lesson, right? Your family, your grandchildren, seeing where they started from and where they are and where you, you know, where you became and they have no excuse, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that I love that. Um, well, tell me a little bit about your wife and family. So I have four boys. Um Three of them are black belts in Taekwondo. Oh, okay. They play their multi-sport. You oh. know, they, they, they like all kinds of sports. I How think old are they? So I have a 12, a 10, a 9, and a 7-year-old. So wow. just blessed to be able to raise four kings, right, and, mm -hmm. and with good spirits and good manners. And I have a beautiful, wonderful wife, Danielle, yes. who um, just received her PhD in December. All right. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, Danielle, that's what's up. Congratulations. So, so yeah, she, um, phenomenal woman, phenomenal mother, 
phenomenal. She's the queen of the house. Right. And so I am so blessed to be able to parent with her and to, you know, to have two of us with doctorate degrees in one household is very, very rare. It is. And, you know, often I talk about, you know, my parents' um, ceiling was my floor. Mm-hmm. And so our ceiling is going to be their floor. And so we're, me and her are hoping to have that ceiling so high that their floor is going to be untouchable, right? Yeah, and that's great. And I, and I believe that they will do it for sure. Well, Felipe, I have one more question before we go. What career advice would you give to your younger self? That's a good question, Lisa, because I don't think I would change anything. I did not know anything coming into it. And I still operate with this mentality that even if I fail, uh, what's the worst that can happen? I can go back to the fields. I got nothing to lose. Right. right? And I still have that attitude. Like, let me fail. Like, I'll get up. Right. And that's the the lesson that I want to teach my kids. And I want to teach anybody that's around me that it's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's how you learn. Right. There's every setback is is set there so that you can have a comeback. That's right. And so the comeback is way sweeter than the setback. Hey, I think we're going to leave on that note right there. Um, Felipe, thank you for taking time today to come on. Who's that star? I look forward to reading your book. I am going to get your book. Can you get it on Amazon? You can get it at Amazon um, soon in Barnes and Nobles. Okay. So, All right. Well, once again, thank you, Felipe, come, for coming today. And next week, find out who's that star. You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star. Featuring the staff, faculty, students, and others that helped to make Lansing's Premier College what it is today. You're listening to LCC Connect. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. The foundation annually accepts scholarship applications from November through January. Learn more at lcc.edu scholarships. Welcome to Arts Connect at LCC, an arts hub of LCC events open to the entire community. Coming up, LCC photography students graduating this spring will have a month-long exhibit of their work at the MICA Gallery in Old Town, with a reception Saturday, May 14th in the afternoon. Visit lcc.edu slash artsconnect for details. If you or someone you know lives with epilepsy, be aware of an uncommon but fatal complication called sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, also known as SUDEP. It is the sudden unexpected death of a person with epilepsy who is otherwise healthy. Each year, SUDEP kills 1 in 1,000 adults with epilepsy and 1 in 4,500 children with epilepsy. 
The American Academy of Neurology and the American Epilepsy Society have released a new medical guideline to help patients, families, and caregivers better understand SUDEP and its risk factors. A high risk factor is generalized tonic-clonic seizures that involve the entire body. The guideline shows that reducing the number of tonic-clonic seizures could lower the risk of SUDEP. If you have epilepsy, it is important that you talk with your neurologist. To learn more about SUDEP, visit aan.com slash guidelines. That's aan.com slash guidelines. Lansing Community College students now have the option to go beyond an associate degree through LCC's University Center. The University Center is a partnership between LCC and five four-year universities. Located on LCC's downtown campus, these universities offer junior and senior level courses. To find out more about the University Center, visit lcc.edu.